We're going to talk about thanking our way out of it. Last week, we thanked our way out of anxiety. And this week, we're going to tackle a different subject, one that I think we all deal with at some point in time in our lives. Some of us, um, some of us maybe in a pompous way, some of us in an inferior, inferior way, but nonetheless, I think I'm going to cover everyone, the pompous and the inferior. <laughs> You're looking around trying to figure out who's who. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. Would you stand one more time for the reading of the word? You're like, I thought this was Assemblies of God Church. What are we standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down? Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. He just told you who was in the crowd. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, beat his breast and said, God... Have mercy on me, sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humbled themselves will be exalted. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we pray that we'd see who we are in light of you and no one else. That comparison would not be something that guides our daily lives. But we know... Be confident of who we are in you. Let us thank our way out of it this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. When we begin to compare ourselves to each other, it never goes, it never goes well. And Jesus is telling this parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. They show up seemingly together to do something, to pray, and one of them has a pious, pompous attitude, and the other one doesn't even lift his head up. Uh, The Pharisee goes through a list of things that he does well, and, and Pharisees were pretty good for that. Jesus talks about other places in the New Testament where they love to stand in the synagogues and pray fancy prayers so people could so people could say, man, he knows how to pray. This Pharisee, in fact, listed a couple of his accomplishments. He said, Lord, I fast twice a day or twice a week. That was actually 103 times more a year than what he was required to do. And you say, well, he probably wasn't counting. Oh, he was counting. Because the next statement he makes signifies that he counts everything because he said, I give a tenth of all I get. In another place in scripture, I think it's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, Jesus tells him, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. How do you give a tenth of cumin? Like count the little seeds out. You're like 103, 104. Honey, I think we need to give, I don't know, like 14 of these. 
He says, you hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law of justice and mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Jesus isn't saying don't give. He's saying don't give in spite of being unmerciful. Don't give in spite of not giving grace. And so when we listen to this Pharisee pray, the parable that Jesus is telling, we hear him say things like, man, I I fast twice a week. I'm so far above everyone else in, in my ability to be disciplined. In the faith. And then he says, I take, I give a tenth of all that I, of all that I get. He, he, he's painting the picture where he's willing to count out rosemary sprigs. He said, I, I am so far over and above in my discipline to follow Christ, to follow, to follow the law that, that I don't even compare with anybody else. So when he stands up, he ends up doing just that. And it starts. With this one simple phrase, one simple word, one letter word, I. I. It all starts with I. Comparison always starts with I. Did you ever find that out in your life? You start talking about somebody else and then you, you realize I, I do this, I do this. Yeah, but I do this, I do this. Why do I have a problem with somebody else making it? The problem is I am trying so hard, but they're making it. It always starts with I. Comparison always starts with an, is that an, Analyzation of ourselves is, is, is my marriage working? Are my kids working? Are my, is my job working? I, I, I. And you see this guy stand up and I believe he cherry picks what he wants. Don't you always cherry pick? I do. That's why you don't know my deepest, darkest secrets. Because by definition, they're not the ones I want you to know about. So if I'm going to compare myself to somebody, I'm going to use the good things. Amen. Lord, I tithe when my wife does it. It's good to delegate things in your marriage. <laughs> it's, uh, if the Lord ever convicts me for not giving enough, I say, Lord, I have a plausible deniability. My wife was in charge. She gives more than I do. So we tend, the Pharisee here is, is doing human nature. He's holding up his best against somebody else's worst. Now let, let's talk about the tax collector, the publican, the sinner, the one they call, the one that the Jews would have been, been casting out of their ranks because in those days he would have been Jewish and he would have been collecting taxes for the Roman government so he was a sellout. But what was common is he wouldn't just be a sellout to the Roman government, he would have been a sellout to himself. Because he not only collected taxes for the Roman government, as long as he did that well, the Roman government turned a blind eye to him charging a little bit more. He collected the governments and some. And so he was looked at as a traitor for everyone else. Uh, uh, A person that went against all Jewish culture and how, how dare could you? Align yourself with the Romans just to get rich. So Jesus is telling a parable of two people so far on the opposite ends of the spectrum that there's no way they could have met in the middle. And he says, one person stood up and said, I, 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 thank you very much. And the other one never lifted his head. But at the end of the day, Jesus said, the one that didn't lift his head went away justified, not the one that gave thanks. So I started thinking, well, that's, that's kind of crazy. So the one guy was thankful, but wasn't justified. And the other guy couldn't even lift his head up. And Jesus said was justified. So, so here's what we know. Comparison 
is a killer. Comparison's a killer. And it all starts with I. When you start analyzing yourself and comparing it against someone else, against, against what someone else is doing and what someone else has accomplished or what they haven't accomplished. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I, I tend to like to pick people who aren't as successful as me to compare myself. Anyone? You start off, our marriage is really good. Did you hear so-and-so? Man, our, our kids are doing so well. Did you hear so-and-so's kids? You got that new job. Did you hear so-and-so lost his? We never, we never really come, we never really out of the gate compare ourselves to people who are, you know, you know, he makes a billion dollars a year. What about me? I always like comparing myself to people who are just a little bit less than me. And you see that. You see that here. It starts with I. I fast twice a week. Look, God, what I'm doing. Look, look what I'm able, able to accomplish. Look at all these things. The Pharisee was attributing all this righteousness to himself based on the performance of someone else and not his relationship with God. So he was saying, I'm good because this guy's bad. Uh, I'm good because this guy's bad. He wasn't saying, I'm good because you have justified me and your grace has been poured out of me. He said, I'm good because he's bad. And that's always a dangerous slope. Because I believe this, if you're giving thanks for the wrong thing, let me read it like I put it on there. If it's not for the right thing, it's not right. And you say, wait a second. Aren't we supposed to be thankful? Yes. You should be thankful always, the Bible says. We'll cover that. But I believe if you're thankful for the wrong thing, you should just be quiet. Watch this. Watch this. I, I, love, I love this. Any of you ever grow up with, with hearing, hearing this? Um, you should eat all of your food because there's someone in the world that doesn't have any. How many of you have said, don't, don't do that. You should eat those peas because there's people in the world that don't have any food. The people that don't have any food don't want to eat peas. They don't want them either. They're not going, man, if I could have my choice of food, it would be peas today. No. As if somebody doesn't, not having something compels us to eat more. Do you follow me? Why am I thankful? I'm thankful that I have what I have because God gave me what I have, not because someone else doesn't have it. Oh, and you're like, well, we're just concerned about the pygmies. No, no, no. You're missing the point. Whenever we are comparing ourselves, if you have to make your kids thankful because someone else doesn't have, we're teaching them the wrong thing. We're thankful because what God has done in us, not what somebody else is suffering. So I remember, you should be thankful for your clothes because there's people in Africa that don't have clothes. And then I'd go to Africa. All these people have clothes. All of them. And if you ask them, when, when have you had clothes? We've always had clothes. You've always had clothes. We've always had clothes. They might not have looked like yours, but we covered ourselves up. What are you talking about? We didn't have, my mom told me you didn't have clothes, so I should be thankful for mine. What? 
No, it's crazy. But we do that a lot. We try to convince people to be thankful for what we have because somebody else doesn't have it. And I believe that's a wrong reason to be thankful for it. Be thankful that God's grace was poured out on you. Because as soon as you compare yourself to what's the stage of life somebody else is in, you, for, you totally negate what God is doing through that stage of life that they're in. Uh, because here's the problem. What if God is walking through well, somebody through a difficulty to produce something in their life? And now you're comparing your seemingly easy road to something that God is producing in something else. I'm supposed to be thankful for this, but not thankful for that. In reality, you should be really thankful for that. So what we do is we create scenarios where we can make ourselves feel good about our circumstances at the expense of someone else. Lord, thank you for our clothes. I know there's people that don't have it. Can you find out? They got clothes. They got food. It's not the same food that we eat. But but when I go to Africa, they feed me. I've never been hungry in Africa. I haven't. It's crazy. So I grow up thinking I should be thankful because I have what somebody else doesn't have. And that's the Pharisee talking. Think about it. That's the Pharisee talking. The Pharisee says, I have what he doesn't. And I'm so proud of it. Accept my praise to you because look how good I have done. You know what I found out about God's grace? I woke up in it one day. It's crazy how it works, isn't it? Because in the, in the scheme of God's unbelievable omnipotence, in his all-knowing perfect character, he chose me to live in this town, to grow up in that family, and to never have to worry about it by his grace that was given to me, not by works lest any man should boast. You woke up in America. That's the way it worked. Probably 99% of us were just born here. So we wake up and go, thank you that we got more than they do. Well, how did that... No, 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 Lord. Thank you for your grace on me. I didn't deserve none of this. Thank you for your grace. It wasn't by works, lest anyone should have a right to boast. So when I compare myself, I need to be on a level playing field. And so I started figuring out, I need to compare. I'm not comparing what I have. I'm comparing the grace available to me. And here's what I found out. We're all on the same playing field when it comes to grace. Nobody gets a leg up when it comes to grace. Because when Jesus says... That he came to seek and save those that are lost. That was the that was the publican and the Pharisee. They were on the level playing field. The only thing that made them different was that the was that the Pharisee was pious to the point, was pompous to the point where he outclassed him. Not God's grace. God's grace makes it all level. God's grace makes everything even. God's grace makes your circumstance the same as mine. Well, it doesn't look the same. Yes, but the grace of God is working in you just like it is me. We may just be in different seasons. Isn't it crazy how you'll compare your season to another season of somebody else's life with no idea of what that season is producing in yours or theirs? 
I stopped doing that a, a long time ago because it, it is exhausting. It's exhausting. Let me, let me tell you how it goes. So you're working really hard. You're working really hard. And you think you're doing everything right. Everything right. Working really hard. You're going to work every day trying to be a good mom, trying to be a good dad, trying to get ahead, trying to do all the things. You're, 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 you're coming to church. You're giving. You're doing all this stuff. And it just doesn't seem to be working. Anybody ever done that? Just wake up day after day after day. Lord, when am I going to get a break? When am I going to get a Come on. When is your blessing going to come out of my life? And then you see somebody that just seems to be on ice skates. Like they could just go like one leg, not even try. Just like. you, ever, you ever tried to ice skate? I have. It's stupid. <laughs> you see people just gliding across the ice like it's effortless. And then I get on skates and I'm like, what is happening? I want to be like the little kid who's got the walk, the, the ice walker. Because it's really difficult for me while I'm trying it, but it looks easy for them. What I fail to realize is that the season of my life, God may be trying to produce something that only difficult can produce. But I'm comparing it to someone who has already been, who that's already been produced in their lives. I'm comparing the process to the result. Mm. And I get angry with God. I get upset. So we got opposite in the spectrum. We got, we got, I think I'm doing it all right and I'm better than them. And then we got, I'm trying as hard as I can and I'm not as good as them. And so I started figuring something out. I've told you this before. I started hanging around people that were successful. You ever done that? Hang around people that are more successful than you. You'll learn something. And here's what I learned. I'd, I'd hang around these guys that were more successful than me. We'd go to lunch, and I'd say, man, this guy just got this deal, and he's killing it. And they would look at me consistently. They would look at me and go, good for him. And I would think, you're happy for that? Yeah, they'd say, good for him. And God began to change. Why are you comparing yourself to them? Why can't you just be happy for them? Why, if you're not making it, why can't somebody else make it? Oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, but I know they were cheating. How do you know? And if they cheated and got away with it, good for them. That's not, that, that was a joke. If it's not for the right thing, it's not right. I can't be thankful for me making and someone else not. And I can't be, I can't be not thankful because they made it and I didn't. It's got to be for the right thing. It's got to be for the right thing. And if you're not careful, if you get in that second boat where, where, where your life is struggling right now and you're looking at somebody who's making it, when they don't make it, you'll clap. Come on, I know you've done this. I'm a pastor and I've done it and I get paid to be good. <laughs> you know what you do? You sit around, you sit around with your with your family, you don't let the kids in on it, but you and your wife are sitting around and you're like, the so-and-sos are having trouble. You're like, huh? Oh. yeah. Yeah, we're doing pretty good, aren't we? God's really blessing us. Must be something they're doing. Hmm. We should pray for them.
Lord, we have a date night once a week. Lord, our kids are doing great. And we thank you for the goodness in our lives. But for that family, pour your blessing out on them. The poor kids need it. The husband and wife need it, Lord. They're so far away from you. It's obvious. Have you ever done that? Now, you might not do it exactly like that. That's a joke. But what we do is we sit around and we go, hey, did you hear about so-and-so's kid? It's a good thing our kid's not doing that. Did you hear Did you hear about the trouble they're having? It's a good thing we're not having trouble like that. And we begin to compare and compare and compare and compare and compare. And it never goes, it never goes well. It never goes well because either you're on the end of being pompous or you're so far down here that you can't figure out how to get out. And it's just not the way God set it up to be. So if you're not thankful for the right thing, just be quiet. So the, the, the issue is this, the issue is this, thankfulness can never be dependent on that. It can't be dependent on comparison. The first lesson is 516. It kind of mirrors what we said last week. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica and he says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all Give thanks in all circumstances. So when you're, when you're killing it, be thankful. When all hell's breaking loose, where in there does it say base your thanksgiving on how your neighbor is doing? Compare yourself to the people around you. Find somebody that makes you feel good and because you're better than them and be thankful for it. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances. So let me say it, let me say it like this. I think we get, I think we get the whole, I think we get the whole Thanksgiving thing backwards. Has has anybody heard, write down what you're thankful for? Yeah, write down what you're thankful for, as if it's in the past. The Bible doesn't teach that, actually. It teaches Thanksgiving is a prerequisite, not a postmortem. I'll say that again, because that's a big word. I didn't even know what it was. Thanksgiving is a prerequisite, not a postmortem. So that means Thanksgiving is the entrance, not the autopsy. Do you hear that? Thanksgiving was meant, the scripture we used last week, Thank, enter his Gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The way you get in is through thanksgiving, not after it's happened. I'm not saying don't be thankful after it happened, but what if we started being thankful before it happened? Because if I only wait till after it happened, then how it happens dictates how thankful I am. (laughs) Because if somebody gets ahead of me, I'm a, on the Enneagram thing, I'm an eight. No one's in front of me. No one. Get out of the way. You're going to have footprints on your back. No one is in front of me. But if somebody's in front of me and they win and they make it before I do and they make it and I can't figure out how they made it and it just looks like, well, well I don't know if I'm going to be thankful about that. I came in second, Lord. You know we taught our kids second place the first loser. You know, Lord. What? I waited till the end and the way I got there determined how thankful I was. 
What if I started out being thankful? What if I said, whatever is getting ready to come, Lord, I'm thankful for it. Whatever, however it happens, I'm thankful for it. Whatever I walk through, I'm thankful for it. Whatever, Lord, I'm thankful for it up front because the best thing I could do is get in your presence and experience your grace. And you say that I enter in with thanksgiving. So I'm not going to wait till the end and then compare how it works out as far as the way other people's stuff works out. No, I'm going to thank you up front. So what it, what it released me to do was just to clap for people. You want to take some pressure off you? Be happy when other people are happy. <laughs> I know it stinks. I, I know it does. Because we all have the tendency to go, God, what about me? God, what about me? What about me? I put in all the work. What about me? It wasn't fair. What about me? It wasn't fair. What about me, Lord? What about me? Yeah, but I do. I do. I do. Remember, it starts with I. I do this. I do this. I do this. I be, keep a track, Lord, in case you haven't. God says, why don't you thank me up front? Because when I thank him up front, it indicates that I trust him with the outcome. Thank you, Lord. I know this is going to work out for my good and your glory. And that just freed me up a little bit. And then watch this. Thank you, Lord, that they made it. Thank you, Lord, that they succeeded. It proves that you're good. It proves that you're in charge. It proves that you bless people. Thank you, Lord. And then, and then the little devil jumps on your shoulder and says, yeah, but they're doing better than you. Thank you, God, that they're doing better than me. Ooh. Wait a second. So, so, so what I've learned is, is if somebody is succeeding, it's because of the grace of God. So you realize when we withhold thanks because the comparison doesn't match up, I'm actually failing to appreciate God's grace in somebody else's life. Why can't, as the church, we just go, dude, good job. Good job. Man, I'm thankful that you made it. I'm thankful that you got a promotion. I'm thankful that your marriage works. I'm thankful. Maybe you could teach me something. What if we just clapped? What if we didn't wait for the outcome? What if we just clapped through the whole thing? What if we just went, God, your grace is good. And God, we could be excited about it. We could be thankful. And we don't have to compare ourselves to anyone else but who you've called us to be. And it will free us up as individuals. And you will spend a fraction of the time on Facebook. Because there's nothing to compare. And how about the next time you scroll through Facebook, just go, thank you, God, that it looks like they enjoyed that thing. Thank you, God, that they lost 30 pounds and I didn't. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that she gained 30 pounds and I didn't. Thank you, God. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I knew she gained it all back. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a yo-yo. What if it just freed us up? Because here's what I know. You have to be free to accomplish all God wants you to do. 
You have to be free. You can't walk around comparing yourself to everyone else and accomplish all God wants to do in your life. So when you can get free and you can say, Lord, I'm genuinely thankful that you're working their life. I genuinely thank you that you saved them. I genuinely thank you that you blessed them. I genuinely thank you that they're making. I'm gen- I genuinely thank you for, that I'm walking through something you're going to teach me through right now. <laughs> I'm just thankful for your grace. So back to the parable, we have one guy that was thankful for the wrong things. God didn't accept any of it. The other guy was thankful in a way you wouldn't even realize he was being thankful. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I can't even look up right now. But thank you for your grace in my life. Thank you that even me, you would pour your grace out after all I've done. Thank you. I'm not comparing myself to anyone. I'm just thankful for your grace today. Remember, it levels all playing fields. It makes everybody equal. When you get to heaven, God is not going to compare you to anyone but what he put in you. He's not going to say, hey, your parents, I give you, you should have, you should have, your, your, your spouse, your, your brother, your, he's not going to compare you to anyone. He's going to say, I put it in you. What'd you do with it? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what you're doing in me, Lord, even if it looks tough. I'm thankful for what you're doing in others, even if it looks easy. I'm just thankful. And Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to enter into everything that you call me to do with thanksgiving. And I'm going to thank my way out of comparing myself to other people. Because I believe that your plan for me is good. I believe that no matter what happens, you can turn all things together for good to those that love you are called according to your purpose. That's me, Lord, and I thank you for what comes next. Thank you for it, God. Thank you for it. And put out of your mind the lie from the enemy that you are even in a competition with anybody else. And get up in the morning, whether you feel good or bad, and say, thank you, God, for the grace that you've given me today. Amen? Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to close with this. You may have seen a theme in these last two weeks. And I really believe this time of year, God wants to free you up. I think Thanksgiving's pivotal because it comes right before Christmas. I don't think, I don't think the pilgrims planned that. <laughs> but, but think about this. Our next sermon series, I, I'll, give you a, uh, I'll give you a little insight. Too. Our next sermon series is called, Here Comes the King. And I started thinking about this, that if we, if we can't get some of free from some of these things, we won't notice the King is coming. And it's so amazing how Thanksgiving is positioned in the American church right before Christmas to free ourselves up for what God is bringing into our lives. And if you're anxious, you'll miss the King. If you spend all your time comparing yourself to somebody else, whether good or bad, you'll miss the king. If you spend all your time worrying about finances, you'll miss the king. If you, if you spend all your time in the past, you'll miss the king. And so what happens is Thanksgiving comes and he says, come on, enter, enter my gates with Thanksgiving. Bring it first. 
and let me worry about everything else. Get freed up from all this anxiousness. Get freed up from all this comparison. Get freed up from the feeling that you don't think you match up. Get freed up from the feeling that that you think you've got to be better than everybody else all the time. Get freed up from all that stuff because here comes the king. Amen. So my prayer for you today in this season of our lives, in this season uh, of Thanksgiving, is for you to just thank you, God. Thank you for the grace you've given me. Thank you for the grace you poured out of me. And thank you for the grace you're pouring out of those around me. I'm genuinely thankful without comparison for what you're doing. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Amen. Can we pray that way? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, not because every situation turns out exactly the way we want it. But every circumstance turns out for your glory. In our good. And so we already know that. So we say thank you in advance. We say thank you as a sign of trust. We say thank you as a sign of your grace in our lives. We say thank you as a sign of we believe you have it under control. And Lord, we don't have to compare ourselves to anyone else. Free us from that this morning. Free us from comparison today. From overachieving God. To Lord, to thinking of ourselves less, free us from the comparison. And we pray, God, that we would enter your, enter your gates with thanksgiving today. Thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone said, amen and amen. Come on, give him praise and honor one more time. Hey, encourage somebody. And hey, listen, we'll see you back here tonight at 6 o'clock.